Welcome to the Satellite and New Space Matters podcast, a series of interviews with key leaders throughout the industry, all brought to you by the Satellite and New Space team at NUCO, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm. Welcome to the Satellite and New Space Matters podcast. Your hosts today are me, Andrew Ball, uh, and I'm joined by Tom Wilding, Wilding, and we both work in NUCO's Satellite and New Space division here. We're delighted to be joined today by Nathan Monster, CEO and founder of Acebax. Welcome, Nathan. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Nathan has a passion for space, uh, amongst a variety of other things that I'm sure we'll find out about later. And in 2021, founded rocket company Acebax, which means affordable space access, with an aim to open up the opportunities that space has to offer to as many people as possible. Acebacks will provide an end-to-end service from pre-launch all the way through to delivery, allowing their customers to perform a variety of activities in space, utilizing their on-orbit infrastructure for everything from scientific experiments to on-orbit servicing and even manufacturing. As well as being CEO and founder of Acebacks, Nathan is currently studying for his master's in aerospace engineering at the University of Delft, has a background in mechanical engineering and trade stocks as a hobby in his spare time. Um, which it sounds like I'm sure you can't have too much of. Um, so again, welcome to the show, Nathan. Great to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm uh, curious what uh, the questions will bring. Well, look, to get us started, we always like to ask the same question. Um, how did you first get into the space industry? Um, well, it kind of uh, got slowly into the space industry. So... Um, yeah, um, when I was a little bit younger, um, it, it, yeah, I, I didn't knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I chose something very broad um, and that evolved into mechanical engineering, as you uh, just said. Um, and yeah, because that was quite broad, I still had the, the chance to yeah think about what I wanted to do uh, later, so to say. Um, so during that time, I also yeah, started uh, doing a minor. And then the idea of yeah, creating and starting a company uh, became uh, more and more. So I did a minor in uh, aerospace engineering and maintenance, as well as entrepreneurship. So yeah, that, that's more towards the uh, aerospace industry, of course. Um, and yeah, be, because um, the yeah, space industry became uh, more and more a commercial thing. Um, yeah, the idea of starting uh, own aerospace company yeah, became more and more uh, logical step and more reality to do so perfect well look staying in the past then just for for a little while um you kind of mentioned the you know you, you did your minor in aerospace engineering and this this idea about you know starting your own company sort of started to form so kind of who or what gave you that idea to create your own business rather than joining an established company was it, you know, maybe something you didn't see someone doing what you felt should be done? 
maybe you didn't feel like you wanted to work for someone else and you wanted to kind of spin out that entrepreneurship side of things. But yeah, what what led you to setting up Acebacks rather than just joining the industry? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's because the yeah there there was a little bit a lack of uh, company that companies at least in the Netherlands uh, that I thought were yeah really doing something innovative and really something cool. So yeah, it was difficult for me to to yeah to 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 find the ideal company uh, that that I could join. So yeah, that that's why did the option of yeah uh, starting your own company and yeah um, figuring out your own idea and yeah growing it uh, to the to the needs of of yeah of your customers um, that started to become a reality more and more uh, and a, a realistic thing to to do more and more so. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, at least a few years back. Um, yeah, that there, there were less companies uh, doing what I wanted to pursue. Yeah. Uh, so that's why, uh, yeah, why I started, to start my own company. And I have to, I think that's one of the really interesting and cool things now about, you know, the, the kind of the new space side of the market where, 15, 20 years ago, someone coming out of university and saying, I'm going to create a space company, you know, was something that, that I think most people would have laughed at. You know, now it seems as though that accessibility to the industry, you know, which I know we'll talk about in a bit more detail later, um, has just opened up those opportunities for people like yourself to go, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for myself, which is a yeah, really interesting concept. Yeah, yeah, it's nice that... Uh... At least some others uh, have at least uh, shown that uh, that's uh, possible and not a super crazy thing anymore. So yeah, that's uh, that's exactly. uh, definitely nice as well. <laughs> Perfect. And staying in the past just for for a minute longer, what was your kind of earliest memory of seeing something space related and thinking, yeah, that's what I want to do? Was it something from a very very young age, or was it not until you you were kind of in university thinking what you wanted to do afterwards? Um, well, something, yeah, I did, yeah, definitely also when I was younger, uh, but something that stuck with me, uh, really clearly, uh, was the landing of those two side boosters, um, of the Falcon Heavy. Yeah. And that was, yeah, just phenomenal to, to, yeah, even, even, um, yeah, even just live uh, via internet uh, was still yeah still crazy so yeah, yeah the reusability part um in in the space industry that yeah that's definitely a um a, a thing that yeah had the influence on the on me just showing my age here you, you mentioned about I remember seeing that when you were when you were younger I remember being at a conference in uh, in California I think it might have been the small sats symposium in, in Mountain View and oh, wow. the whole event shut down um, they turned the convention the conference center you know into basically a huge cinema and absolutely everyone stopped what they were doing rushed into the the, the conference center and I remember there was a couple of hundred people all together watching 
the two boosters landing. And I remember, you know, just a few years oh, wow. ago, everyone was saying that it's a ridiculous idea and it's it's never going to work and, and sort of poo-pooing it. And then here they, we were just a few years later and what felt like the whole industry kind of gathering together and rallying behind them to, to see it successful. So uh, I can really see how that would uh, how that would aspire you to uh, and inspire you to, to do something similar. Um, well, look, thank you very much for that. So we've, we've touched on the past, no better place to go from there than to the present and to the future. Um, so Tom, over to you. Thank you, Andrew. Nathan, welcome. Looking forward to get stuck into now and what's next for, for you all. Before we do, I need to ask a quick question. Where did the name Acebax come from? Um, well, the, it's, yeah, actually came from, um, yeah, that, that, uh, yeah, in, in, at least in my view, uh, access to space, uh, yeah, needed to become more uh, available and, and affordable. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's actually <laughs> um, exactly what the name says uh, is what, what the company stands for. Um, because when yeah, access to space becomes affordable, uh, yeah, then a lot more things will automatically be enabled uh, because a lot, a lot has to do with uh, yeah, economically viable, uh, being economically viable. Uh, so it has a lot to do with uh, the cost. Very good. It does what it says on the tin. Um, okay. Yes. And uh, ASPAC sounds like a really ambitious project and certainly one that is much needed. What can you tell us about the current state of the business and are there any exciting developments that you can talk about now? Yeah. Um, well, we focus on uh, facilitating in-orbit manufacturing. So, yeah, providing the affordable access to, to, yeah, to perform in-orbit activities. Uh, so we are currently working on a re-entry capsule facility that will provide all the conditions that yeah that the payload needs um to yeah perform those activities in orbit so yeah with the conditions we mean yeah providing temperature pressure atmospheric conditions um and yeah always the the power and uh data connection so you can also yeah send data back wow. to Wow, very, very good. Um, okay, so certainly exciting. Um, are you happy with how things are going? Uh, yes, yes, we uh, we are making some really nice progress with the preliminary design. So that's almost finished. Um, so yeah, the, the getting all the requirements from uh, customers. So yeah, it does exactly what they need, of course. Um, and now we're working towards uh, yeah, pitching in front of the first investors and getting the needed investments to uh, uh, to make some uh, some big steps. It's a very exciting time of a, a startup's journey is the the fight for investment. So good luck. We wish you all the best for those conversations. Um, <laughs> we saw the ASPACs took part in the Health from Space event in Cannes recently. 
and it seems to be a part of the industry that is getting a lot of attention at the moment and, and rightly so how do you think space can help the life science and health industry in the future oh yeah that's a that's a great question yeah it was great to uh, attend the uh, health from space event in Ghana. um well yeah space yeah really offers a unique environment uh, which is yeah totally different from the environment we have uh, access to on earth so yeah having access to a different environment uh, allows also different results to be realized um so how yeah how we would like to look at it is um is that you have to see it uh, as an a formula and that equation um, has different variables and you can tweak each of those variables to get different results and yeah some of the uh, variables in space you can set to yeah for example almost zero uh, yeah which is uh, yeah, really unique and where we haven't had access to before. So, yeah, well, what, what the, the, the effect that that has, um, for example, the microgravity, which is a clear example of uh, something we have not on Earth, uh, yeah, due to the gravity, of course. Um, so the, the lack of gravity that space offers uh, enables for the life science industry uh, a lot of different things. Um, so, yeah, one example is um, organoids. So those can be grown in 3D in space. And organoids wow. are uh, organ tissues. And yeah, be, because they can uh, grow in, in 3D, um, it, it enables different, yeah, it, it mimics uh, the the tissue in humans much better than than the organoids on the earth and yeah they they are also much better in um and therefore are much better in um the yeah mimicking the the effects that drugs have on the tissue so accelerating uh, drug development which is of course uh, important for a lot of medicines and, and drugs that are created for people on earth so that will uh, have a huge yeah a huge influence on the on the drug development industry in the future wow i mean it's quite incredible it's very very next gen very new world sometimes difficult to get your head around but hugely exciting and and you must be really proud to have had a part of it yeah yeah and the, the funny thing is that that is yeah it's only one of the uh examples so so yeah, the, the 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 completely new environment um which which yeah we now get commercially access to um and it's only the the top of the iceberg so yeah it's really exciting to see uh more and more of those things uh become economically viable for yeah for the rest of the world so yeah really exciting uh, if you ask me no you can't we 
get that sense from you definitely i am now to that point and the affordability of space and everything in between um i'm going to pass you back to andrew who's going to jump into our topic that matters yeah thanks tom and, and nathan couldn't agree with you more you know the the access to space just gives that you know that extra element uh, in the development of, of so many things and you know one of the things that has really kind of i suppose excited me about space in the last 10 years and certainly the amount of time I've been in the industry is that space does now seem more accessible than at any other time, you know, since the, the birth of, of the industry. Bottlenecks are constantly being removed in, in all areas of the value chain, um, as well as kind of initial barriers to, to entry are constantly being, being stripped away. Um, you know, the fact that high school students and sometimes students even younger um, can build, develop, launch and operate their own spacecraft um, is something that when I was, you know, when I was back in school just seemed a, a complete impossibility. Um, and, you know, to your point, we've also seen a huge growth in the diversity of, of end users for space technology and, and space data, you know, the life sciences and health industry, but also things like agriculture. Um, town planning, you know, these very mundane aspects of life, you know, are now end users for the satellite industry, which again, just a few years ago, you know, I, I don't think many people kind of saw the explosion of, of that growth. And we're seeing the decisions made, you know, based on that data is impacting kind of every every aspect of our lives on a, on a daily basis. Um, but certainly more does need to be done. And it's great to see companies like ASPAX, you know, aiming to democratize access to space as best as possible. Um, but we, we kind of love to hear your thoughts on what do you think has been the biggest change in the industry that has made space more accessible already? You know, what was the one thing that you saw um, that kind of led you to believe that, okay, if we've done that, we can do much, much more? Yeah. Um, well, I think you you already have said it uh, a bit, um, and that that's the liter literally the the access to space, so the the transportation uh, from Earth to low Earth orbit. The yeah, you see you see a lot more frequent uh, launches going to orbit, um, and yeah, a lot more uh, yeah commercial companies um having a, a launcher that that yeah goes to to space so it is really exciting to see um yeah much more uh, capability and su supply of those uh supply of the access to space um but yeah because yeah literally because of the the um almost hundreds of uh, rocket companies now so, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah it is uh, really nice to see that uh, that there are so many investments in the space industry um yeah going to to launchers um and yeah well, once the 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 access to space is there then you can start thinking about yeah all the other things uh when you're there so then uh, you can also start thinking about uh, the return uh, and yeah while you're in orbit what are you gonna do there so uh, yeah, yeah that, that's what at least allowed me to think about um well now we are there what are we gonna do uh yeah that's uh, production and bringing it back uh, for the people on earth so so yeah i think that's a really interesting way of, of looking at it that you know, now that, that that seemingly, you know, has been removed as a bit of a bottleneck, 
now we know we can get there, it starts kind of opening up the ideas of, well, once we're there, what can we do? Um, which, which I think is a really interesting way of looking at the problem. And, you know, just to kind of touch on what you mentioned there about the launcher side of things, you know, there's obviously been a big change in the launcher market. We've gone from, you know, four state-owned providers to, as you said, kind of potentially hundreds of companies out there looking at fixing the problem in, in one way or another. But what do you think has, has kind of enabled that more? Do you think it's been the creation of sort of dedicated small sat launchers? Um, or do you think it's been kind of rideshare opportunities? Because they seem to be two ways of, of trying to fix the same problem of getting you know more accessibility to Orbit. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's a, a little bit harder question, but um, <laughs> we like to ask the tough questions here. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think well, the, the, it starts, of course, with the investments in the industry. So, did uh, yeah that that commercial companies get the the chance to um, yeah to 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 create such a, such a difficult uh, transportation system? Um, but yeah, and then now there are uh, some commercial uh, launchers that yeah um, have the capability to reach orbit. That yeah, unfortunately, often because it's so hard, uh, still yeah, goes wrong uh, sometimes. But um, yeah, I, I think um, the commercial companies because those can bring down the cost because they are competing with each other, bring down the cost to such a level uh, that it enables also a lot of other commercial activities. Um, so yeah, I definitely think it's uh, because of the investments uh, into those commercial companies. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah we, we have to see if, uh, if ride sharing will be uh, the thing or if uh, yeah, dedicated launches is more important. Um, yeah, it, it 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 seems to look like that. Yeah, ride share launches is this the way to go? But um, yeah, you will always keep the the taxi concept of uh, yeah, I need to go from there to there. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so, you uh, you kind of touched on something that I'll be honest seems to come up in almost every episode um and and that is space is hard it seems to be forgotten i think but you know it, it is especially now with people like spacex you know seeming to successfully launch a land boosters kind of every every month it's quite easy to forget just how difficult it is um and of course you know now that it is getting easier as we've already mentioned there are lots of barriers to entry um that, that have already been stripped away but i think it's fair to say there are still you know, a fair few barriers, um, you know, for, for people looking to get assets to space um, in some way or another. So you know, where do you see that there is still a barrier that exists that more needs to be done in the industry to kind of remove that? Um, well, yeah, the, the, the reason why, yeah, things fail is because there are so many things that can fail. So... Yeah, the, the, yeah, of course you need to figure out a way where you can yeah, manage and make sure that or can 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 verify that 
yeah, your rocket is in a good state. Um, so, yeah, the day, yeah, I think it's it's just the they're getting those commercial companies and giving them the chance to um, yeah get to a certain point where they they have the nice protocols in order um, and have done it so often and so fast. Uh, yeah, so often that yeah it, it becomes just natural. Um, but yeah, getting to that point and getting to a, a system that is mature, yeah, uh, yeah th that's hard and yeah, that uh, yeah. Yeah, requires uh, some capital. So I think it's the, yeah, I, th I think it's the allowing them to, to make some failures along the way um, yeah. and yeah, keep backing them uh, until they, yeah, have found a way and found a yeah protocol basically to uh, yeah make sure that yeah everything before launch and yeah making the the system ready uh, is done in the, a proper order. So. And I, I think that's the important thing that you know the, the yeah we need the money to be able to do these things, but I think we also need the trust and the belief from you yes. know the, the capital investors that just because you know maybe just because the first launch vehicle does blow up actually that's a good thing because we can learn from it and the next time we can improve on it so having the trust to allow these guys to fail and make mistakes and to learn from it you know i i, I very much agree that i think that's going to be so important to, to kind of drive in innovation um and you know with aspect uh, it looks like you guys are not only focusing on improving assets you know getting assets to space and the accessibility there but also with what you're going to be doing you know on orbit um the creation of a real kind of space-based economy where we'll see hopefully wealth created in space rather than just on the ground um so question i always like to ask people in kind of this side of the industry when do you think we'll have the first job in space rather than just a job in the space industry so you you literally mean a person in space uh, hey when, yeah when, exactly when are we going to have you know the first maybe the first person doing a space walk to to fix a mission extension platform you know when are we going to have someone working full-time in space and astronauts on the iss Kind of notwithstanding, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, maybe I have to give a, a bit disappointing answer then. Uh, <laughs> but please. <laughs> because, um, yeah, the, the making it human rated is so, yeah, it's, it's yeah, just, just the next level. Um, so, so the nice thing about right now is that. Uh, we can make a lot of things autonomous, and if you yeah if, if you have done it once, you can just do it twice and a hundred times, and then it becomes yeah. uh, affordable. Um, but yeah, if you have a human on board, uh, they're quite fragile, so um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you need to make sure that uh, that it goes right and the the yeah to to guarantee it goes a hundred. Yeah, or almost a hundred percent times uh, right. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it just becomes expensive. So, um, 
Um, but yeah, it, it's yeah. On the other hand, it's really nice to see that um, commercial space stations are upcoming, uh, even with uh, humans on board. So yeah, yeah in, in in that sense, it can also come yeah much sooner than you you think. Um, so yeah, to to yeah to answer the question, then I think it um, yeah maybe serving um tourism uh in, in yeah. orbit so yeah, yeah no, i hear a lot about these uh space hotels that we're supposed to be getting in uh in just you know anything from from two years to 15 years depending on who you believe so maybe the first job in space will be a, a hotelier or a, or a barman or a waiter you, <laughs> no, know, you never know <laughs> well no, I, I i know this is a topic i could kind of ask you questions about for hours but we must move on. Um, and going to touch on something that I know is certainly close to, to our hearts here in, in Rico, um, and that's diversity and inclusion in the industry. So, Tom, I know you've got a few questions on that. That's to do. Um, and to your point about uh, humans are fragile, I would definitely class myself in that, Paul. I have no interest in being in space <laughs> anytime soon. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> um, but uh, diversity. Firstly, what was your opinion of how diverse and inclusive the space industry was when you first set up ASPAX? Um, well, well, it's uh, yeah, quite a young company uh, still. Um, so that's yeah, it's not too long ago uh, uh, when yeah we joined uh, the industry. But um, yeah, did. I think you you definitely can see a, a change already uh, compared to yeah be, before I joined the industry. Um, so yeah, the, the and and also yeah, I grew up in in the Netherlands in in, in Europe. So yeah, this is quite a diverse diverse uh, culture already. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice to see that um, the industry is yeah moving towards a commercial industry and a lot more disciplines um, yeah are, are are joining the the space industry. So so yeah, we we talked about uh, in orbit manufacturing um, and yeah, a lot of manufacturing is happening on Earth. So yeah, all the ma manufacturing, or at least yeah, a, a big part of it, can also be done in space. And yeah, some of the things are even yeah uh, can even get of higher quality when you you are doing it in space. So yeah, a lot more industries, um, also ones that are um, yeah where where a lot of a lot more. Um, yeah, women's uh, work in uh, those get yeah those get uh, also more in touch with the space industry. So yeah, to give an example, the life sciences industry, um, yeah, becomes a, a big topic uh, for for the yeah in space manufacturing, and that's uh, yeah where also a lot of diverse. Uh, new people are coming from uh non-space people very good I, I i you know i think had you founded the business 10 years ago you 
might not have had that same same view of the diversity across the industry so that's a really pleasing really pleasing shift and change and yeah in your role as a, a young entrepreneur and, and someone leading a business how do you think you'll approach hiring to make sure that the organization remains as inclusive and diverse in terms of thought and people as possible um well you you of course um want to have uh, the most diverse team you can have because that will yeah make sure you look at all the options to yeah all, all the options you can create your system out of um so yeah to to yeah well at least uh, we we would like to have it sometimes internally about uh yeah the word innovation uh yeah what what it comes from and and what it means and yeah to to uh, to me and us it is uh, a new combination of uh existing innovations and that new combination of course gets added to the the yeah the list and the number of existing innovations um so having that um having the diverse team to make sure you you have tried all the yeah all the combinations uh, to create that uh, yeah to create the, the best and the ideal uh system is really important so yeah to to um yeah to make sure you you yeah, create that that most diverse team um it is nice to have still access to the um yeah to the university where we have an office mm. so i think that's yeah currently how how we are doing it is uh yeah having access to the uh, still the, the young people uh, around and yeah also the the student teams uh, still the connections so Brilliant. that's where a lot of diversity is uh, it's a very practical way to do it you know it's it's a practical solution to a challenge that the industry has faced so no wonderful um look we, we've gone across a variety of topics we've deep dived into you your past your future um and the business where you're at at the moment um but things are gonna get a bit lighter we want to get to know a bit more about you so i'm going to pass you over to andrew yeah, thanks, Tom. Look, they're definitely getting up to my favourite part of, of the podcast where we learn a little bit about you personally rather than just professionally. Um, and one thing we always like to ask is if you had that sort of magic wand that you could wave and create your absolute perfect weekend, what would that look like? Where would you be? What would you be doing? Yeah, I'd love to hear about it. Oh, wow. Um... Yeah, I uh, I like nature a lot, um, sports a lot, uh, while being with friends or family. So yeah, a combination of those three would be would be the best. Um, and yeah, to um, yeah, I, I think it would be a weekend where uh, just hiking and doing uh, some sports. Uh, yeah. The, the the extreme the better <laughs> uh, okay so extreme sports so 
And when you say hiking, is this find a mountain to hike and then base jump off it? Is, is that what you're thinking? That sounds great to me. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, have, I haven't done uh, skydiving yet, but yeah, it's definitely uh, on the list to do so. So uh, yeah, I, and say, I, I couldn't fun. think of anything worse personally, but really? um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it takes all sorts, but a quiet night, a quiet weekend on the sofa, all cozy and away from danger is probably more my style. Um, Have you tried it? <laughs> no, look, I, I, I know my limits. Yeah. Hiking, I, I can just about do with hiking. Um, but I probably want to walk down slower than I walked up. But I'll, I'll be honest, it's it's that kind of level. Um, and but, any particular areas of the world where you haven't yet hiked that you'd love to go to? Um. Yeah, I um, well, hopefully, yeah, not super many people go there now. Now I tell tell them, but um, yeah, there's a uh, uh, yeah the biggest cave in the world in Vietnam, where I yeah really like to go to. Um, so it's called Sang Dong, I think, or I, I'm definitely pronouncing it wrong, likely, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. Just amazing, at least uh, if you see the the photos. Um, yeah. To to yeah, see almost a, a whole ecosystem inside a cave. So so yeah. I was just say, is it one of these one of these kind of places that has been kind of disconnected from the outside world for so long that it has its own ecology? You know, species ah. that aren't found anywhere else. Is it one of those places? Yes, it's it's um, well, it, it's it's discovered uh, not so long ago. So and and it's really hard to to get there. So you have to to have climbing gear with you to to yeah. get there. I think. Um, so yeah, it, it's basically untouched from yeah by humans still. Wow. Uh, or uh, yeah, almost untouched as much um, as possible. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So um, yeah, that that's definitely high uh, high up there to uh, what I wanted to see. So. Well, hopefully, as you say, not too many people are going to start rushing it, rushing there now that you've, ah, yes. you've announced it. But hopefully, it will still be untouched by the uh, by the time that you manage to, to get there. Um, and look, now we are moving into what is definitely my favourite round of, uh, of the podcast, and that's the quick fire round. So, Tom, back over to you. Thank okay. you, Andrew. I'm lucky to get this one. So, one word answers. First thing that comes to mind: Would you rather surf or ski? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, yeah, surfing came up first in my mind, so I think surfing. Very good. Uh, are you an Apple man or a PC? Apple man? Uh, do you like Apple, uh, Steve Jobs Apple products, or are you more Android, PC? Oh, uh, PC, Android. Okay. We've just fallen out, but that's all right. <laughs> what, what was the last movie that you watched? Um, the last movie that I watched. Um, is the series also okay? Yeah, uh, the the new uh, yeah series about uh, last yeah last on Earth. Um, yeah. Oh, Last of Us is that? Yeah, Last of Us. That's yeah. Uh, my wife and I have just started it. Seems to be good so far. Yeah. Bit we'll, scary. We'll we'll allow that. We'll allow that one. Yeah, I must admit, <laughs> speaking of me being fragile, I was quite jumpy in episode two, but 
we're okay. Um, quiet night in or big night out? Uh, night out. Good. And are you an early bird or more of a night owl? Um, oh, definitely not an early bird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so by default, you're a night owl. And yeah. lastly, they're vaguely more industry relevant. <clears throat> are you more an Elon Musk or a Jeff Bezos fan? Uh, Elon Musk. Very good. Um, back over to Andrew for our final question. Yeah, we're now at the end of the episode, I'm afraid, Nathan, and we always like to kind of finish up with the same question. Um, and hopefully kind of more, more pertinent coming from someone like yourself. But you know, if you had someone asking you, you know, what piece of advice or one piece of advice you'd give to someone who was looking at getting into the space industry, what would that advice be? Well, um, yeah, I think I would advise them to yeah, start early, uh, join a, a, yeah, a student group, a student product uh, that, yeah, does something great. So, uh, yeah, here, on the, here in Delft, uh, in the Netherlands, at the TU Delft, uh, there's, for example, a, a rocket team there. So that's, yeah. I think what they do is uh, really great. So, um, yeah, join join such a product group. Uh, yeah, find like-minded people, and uh, yeah, you can always uh, start an aerospace company with uh, those people afterwards. So, um, yeah, I think uh, start early and yeah, slowly move towards where you want to go and get to, get the experiment. Uh, experience um you can you can even uh start or or work for uh established company first um and get the experiment experience there uh because yeah you you yeah you 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 yeah you can always use the experience so yeah <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, I think great advice there, and you know, seeing uh, seeing what you've done. Hopefully, we're gonna we're gonna get some people listening to that. And yeah, I'm gonna start a space company myself. Sounds great. I hope uh, many people do. I think they will. After listening to this, Nathan, thank you so much for your time. We really hugely appreciate it, and it's been wonderful getting to know a bit more about you. We look forward to following the journey of Ace Facts closely. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.nuco-group.com. That's N-E-U-C-O-group.com.